suddenly to cause us to needs. You have to be in a good position to do that. And sometimes we're caught off guard by challenges of other people. We want to give and our hearts there, but we're like, I'd love to help you. Is it on? It's not on. But I'm drowning myself. And so, yeah, I have it on, Renee. And so, this is a topic that is so important for Christians and so important for Christianity and so important for everybody else is that sometimes we can feel lost, not just spiritually, but financially. And so the idea is it's very difficult. In fact, you really can't follow Jesus and remain financially lost. Those are two contradicting principles. Following Jesus but yet you are financially lost. What does that mean to be financially lost? Well, first let's start, we've all been lost at some point. If you're going to a party, your relatives, your third cousin, whatever, you're going to a city you don't know very well, and sometimes you get lost. Sometimes even the navigation system on your phone leads you somewhere you shouldn't go. It's happened to me. But being lost is a little different from getting lost. You know, when you're getting lost, you can kind of correct yourself. Whoa, it can't be down that street. You know, let me double check. And you can kind of catch yourself. And generally, we don't know when we're getting lost. That's the whole thing about getting lost. Is you're just sometimes unaware that you're getting there. But we know when we are lost, even men can come to that conclusion after a long while in the car with their wife nagging them. That we are officially lost. And I've been there before where Karen's like, you should have gone here, you should have gone there. And I said, no, I know where we're going, I've been there before. Or my wife does it, I've been there before. And I was like, hmm, I'm always suspicious when she says that. Because when we get there, it's like, I don't remember what street it was. I'm like, well, that's, that's why I asked you. So here's, here's a couple things that contribute to someone getting lost. Number one, they get inaccurate directions. They wrote left, but they meant right. Or I wrote left, and really it was, should have been right. You, you know, they're inaccurate. Either you received it, or you wrote it down, or someone uh, misspoke, and it leads you somewhere else. Two is an unintentional wrong turn on our part. We weren't paying attention. We were not paying attention, so we missed the street. It was a small street. You thought it was a big light. It was a small street. You passed it, and now you're lost. And thirdly, distractions, especially when you're driving. Who's over there? What's over there? Ooh, I like that store. And then we're distracted, and we get lost. And there's a fourth one that I'll add. We're trying to text. We're trying to navigate our phones while we're driving. Not only is that dangerous, but it'll definitely get you lost or get someone literally killed. So please don't do that. It can wait. Isn't that that something on the... You hear a lot, it can wait? It can wait on the radio? I always hear that on the radio. And my kids tell me that it can wait too. But there's... What's undeniable is the realization that it dawns on you when you are actually lost. And suddenly you realize... I don't know where I am anymore. And I don't know how to get back. And I don't know how I got here. And you realize you're lost after you become lost. So, that's why this is an important topic to talk about. You can get lost in just about any arena of life. 
Think about moral, your moral compass. How you approach the subject. For example, sex with confidence, with the right and wrong. You start off that way, right and wrong. And then, lo and behold, later on, you realize you've been following a bad map. You took some shortcuts. You got distracted. Now you're lost. You don't know how you got into this mess, but you know, you're in these relationships. You don't want to be in this relationship anymore, but you're in and you're figure, trying to figure out, how do I get out of here? And, and guilt won't go away. So there's a, there's a moral aspect to this. And you wonder, how can I get back where I, where I want to be morally? There's also a professional aspect to this loss. You, you chose this major in college. You went after it. You felt confident about it. But you can't get a job in your, in your, in your, in your major. And you're struggling. You've lost confidence. You're not where you want to be. You don't know how to get out of it. You don't know how to change careers. You're lost. And thirdly, there's relational. You can be lost relationally. You might lack self-awareness. Awareness that your, your behavior, actions is hurting people around you. And they're slowly and slowly avoiding you. And you wake up one day and go, I have no friends. Because we sometimes we lack self-awareness. Of how, how we can be sometimes. And this is what happens when we don't speak up to each other and help each other when we're acting like silly and crazy. We need, we need each other to help with those kind of aspects. So you can end up lost relationally. But the best thing a lost person can do is what? We ask for directions. The number one thing guys hate to do is ask for directions. But it's the best thing to do is ask someone for directions. If the statistics are right, at least half of all Americans are lost financially. They don't know where they are. Many don't know how they got where they are. Even if they do, they don't know how to get where they need to be. And they agree, they are not where they thought they would be. And that's the definition of being lost financially. So let me give you a few, a few uh, examples or some hints to what it means to be lost. Okay, If you spend more than you make in a year, you're in the financial loss department. You are spending more than what you bring in. Okay, That's a, that's a sign that you might be lost. Okay? If you don't know whether or not you spend more than what you're making, you could be lost. If you're paying the minimum on your credit card and you think that's a way of life, you could be lost. If you think paying the minimum wage or minimum on your credit card is good financial planning, you may be lost. If the only money you are saving is the money taken out of your paycheck you may be lost. If you aren't sure if you're saving enough, you could be lost. If you don't know exactly how much you owe, you definitely could be lost. If you have no method of tracking where your money goes, you could be lost. If you have financial dreams, but no plans, you could be lost. If you're making financial decisions, you hope your spouse never discovers you could be lost. If you've made financial decisions that you hope the IRS never discovers, you could be lost. 
Money is the one arena of life where there should be no mystery. You know how much comes in and you tell it where to go. There should be no mystery when it comes to money. Here's what I have and I'm going to tell you where you are going. That's how simple it is. There should be no mystery. But then it gets all mysterious, doesn't it? Like, oh, but I, I'm distracted. Oh, I got to have that. I got The kids need that. Or I need this. And we confuse our desires with needs. That's usually where the, where the problem happens. When I always hear people say, I need that. Like I help my children all the time. Do you need that or do you actually want that? Want need. Now, when you're, when, you're, when you're not financially lost, there are blessings that come. You can enjoy the fruits of being financially responsible and a good steward of what God has given you. Yes, there's blessings. Yes, there's, you, you have things that you, you want. And there's blessings. There's nothing wrong with that. But my, my topic is, how do you get from getting lost to getting rescued and getting on the right map so you're not lost anymore? Because sometimes we've been handed a map by our parents. And me and my dad never had a conversation about money growing up. Boy, I had one conversation. Don't trust anybody. <laughs> but not how to save. What's a 401k? What's an investment? How do you save money? Nothing. And then when I got my first paycheck, guess what I did with it? I spent it all on myself. I was living rent-free. Food was free. Everything was free. Mom did the laundry. Mom cleaned my room. And I had this paycheck of $300. And I thought, I'm a hundred, I'm a hundred, I'm a hundred heir. I was just like, I got money. And I was never really prepared for life. And I took that attitude, and then I, you know, I got married, and I thought, like, it was the same mentality. I have money, and I, I spend it on what I think is good, and then I see myself getting in debt. And I lived that way for years, and we were just, we were just lost. Karen and I were just absolutely lost. But we didn't know we are lost. And every time the church says, we got to give some more, we're like, we got to give more, we're good Christians. And I give more, and I'd find myself more lost. What I wanted to do for God, I wasn't able to do because I was financially lost. And some of you are good-hearted, and when the church asks for help, and you're like, I want help. But you know, some of you, you probably are going to give, and you're lost and don't realize it. What you spend here, you've got you to borrow there to make it up. And that's never a good thing. So why would I want to preach on this? Because you can't follow Jesus and remain financially lost. You can't do it. He talks, God talks more about possessions and how to be a good steward of it than anything else. More than your faith, more than anything. More than being baptized, more than repenting. Money and possessions. Jesus says, your treasure is where your heart is. He says that. But he can't have total access to your hearts until he has total access to your treasure. And we're not talking about giving all your money away because that's just irresponsible. So I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about being a good steward of what God has given you. Jesus said we're not to worry about tomorrow, but some of us, we worry so much because we're in a, we're in a difficult financial situation. We're paycheck to paycheck. And it's time to fix it. 
So that's why I'm doing this series before Christmas. Right? That's why I'm doing it. There's a strategy I have. I talk about money before you're going to spend the money. Some of you guys already spent on back to school. I should have done it three weeks ago, but back to school. Man, there's nothing left on the shelves. Here's a great scripture. The rich rule over the poor. Why is that? Because the borrower is servant to the lender. God doesn't want you to owe nothing to nobody. Isn't that power in that? Like, I don't own, you know, you want to have this life, I don't, want, I don't own anyone nothing. Imagine how much breathing room you'd have financially if you owed no one anything. You can't be as generous as you want to be when you're financially lost. You just can't. You want to, but the rich rule over the poor. How? Because they're the ones who are loaning the money. Why do you get a credit card statement every third day in your mailbox? At this amazing rate. Super low. It's incredible. We have to warn our students, stay away from that table. I don't care what they're giving you. Free t-shirts, stay away. (laughs) Stay away, because there's trouble. And why do they go after the college students? Because they're dumb. That's why they do it. They're, no, they, they, they're banking on no one's taught them anything about money. And then why do they send you the, you, the, you the statement every third day? Because they're banking that your parents didn't talk about money with you either. And so there we get him. We go, 0%. i got to build up my credit score. Credit score is built on one thing. How much debt you have. That's what it's based on. It's based on your debt. So if you have a terrible, if you have no debt, you can watch your FICO score plummet because you have no debt. That's the reality of it because it's based on your debt. How much debt you have and how much you can repay. Oh yeah, they're eligible to, to borrow more money. That's how it's rigged. And you're like, well, my FICO score is 800. Yes, because you're probably borrowing money. That's how it's set up. And once you understand that system, you're going, I don't care about my FICO score because I owe nobody nothing. The Bible teaches this. In 1 Chronicles 29. The Lord is the greatness and the power and the glory and the majesty and the splendor. Lord, yours Lord is all these things. Power, glory, Splendor, shopping malls, everything. And the glory and the majesty and the splendor, I don't know why it's in there twice, for every, everything in heaven and earth is yours. And it goes down to say, Yours, O Lord, is the kingdom. You are the exalted as head over all. If you're not keeping track of where your money's going, you're a bad manager of your money. You have to keep track of it. There's a couple ways to do it. One, if, you, if you're just, a, just a, a receipt wonk and you like to collect receipts, and, and you're, you open your purse up and there's, there's receipts. If you're one of those people, great. 
There's always a thrifty person in a marriage, and there's always a free spirit in the marriage. Okay? There's a thrifty person that says, no, we can't afford anything. Cup of noodles, right? And then there's the free spirit, like, come on, man, loosen up. You know, I'll spend a little money. Let's go out for ice cream once in a while. You know, every relationship has that dynamic. Thrifty and free spirit. Okay? So one way of, of the receipt person, my wife likes to collect receipts. I hate receipts. She collects, so I'm the free spirit. She's the, you know, the, the thrifty. So, you can collect those and you can track how much you're actually spending on what, and you can categorize, have a great time, spend a lot of hours doing that on Excel spreadsheets. Have a blast. Right? That's one way of doing it. In other words, you are spying on your money. That is what you're doing. You're spying on your money. You should spy on it. And find out where it's going and what it's doing. And who she's been with. You should know this. That's important to be a good manager of money. You should spy on it. So one way of doing it is tracking it. The other way of doing it is getting your paycheck... Get a cash slump, put it in some envelopes, and that's your budget. You put it in an envelope, that's what you have for eating out and dining out. And once the envelope's empty, oh, no more Taco Bell for the rest of the month. That's right, no more Taco Bell. <laughs> that's what I meant right there. For those who don't like to get all the receipts, there's a simple way. Just take the cash, put it in an envelope, and there's your spending. Here's your clothing. Here's how much money you can spend on your shopping. Imagine if you, if you give yourself a hundred bucks a month on shopping. That's pretty good. That's twelve hundred bucks a whole year. You get a lot done that way. Instead of just going on these binges, I gotta go. And you come back from like you know from from Marshalls. <laughs> what happened? And then another part of the budget gets dinged because we went out and binged on things. How you handle your money is a spiritual issue. Because Jesus talked more about money than heaven and hell combined. It should tell us something. Most of the parables he said deal with money. And Jesus never asked for money, ever. He talked about money, but he never asked for it. And his goal was not to get it. The goal of Jesus was not to get money. His goal was to keep it from getting you. That was his goal. He doesn't want money to get you. Because the love of money is the root of all evil. He doesn't want it to get you. And if the stats are right, it's gotten a lot of Americans, a lot of people in our country. And we can change it with your kids by teaching them how to manage money. One of the things that Karen and I do, it's just an idea, I'm not saying this so you have to do it, but here's an idea that we do. We give our kids an allotment of a, 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 a paycheck, we call it, once a month. And they're in charge. And what we did, we just basically moved from what, what we spend with their clothes, their school supplies, all their knickknacks. We took that out of our budget and we gave the money to them. And say, look, you're responsible for your school supplies, your tennis shoes, and your clothes. There's the money. If you manage it well, you'll never be in need. Okay? First three months... My son, because I get the receipts, was chalking up 
video games left and right. He was a $10 heir, $50 heir. He was just cashing away. And the, the, the instinct was like, I must save my son. I must go in there and have this strong talk about character. That was my temptation. But I said, no, we're going to ride this out because I know it's coming where he's going to need things. And lo and behold, it came. And guess who he tried to love upon and lean on? Hey, Dad? Hey, Mom? And we said, sorry. You're on your own. You had the money. What'd you spend it on? His head went down. Okay. That's, that's for me, that's my idea. Of, I got to teach him reality. Because that's not the real world when you, know, you run out of money and you run over to someone. To, Can you fill my pockets again? No. So this year, they, guess what they did? They bought their school supplies. He bought his first pair of tennis shoes on his own. Now, we're helping him because we're giving him a paycheck. And there, with that, there's some rules that you have to you know, abide by because it's a paycheck. And, you, and then there's fines. Because sometimes I get a ticket for speeding. There are fines I have to pay in life. It's reality. And there's fines. And we attach it to how they operate at home. And there's some fines. You've got to be a, a law-abiding citizen. You just can't have money in your pocket and be all reckless. Like, yeah, i got money. I can do what I want. No, you've got to be law-abiding. You have to have money in your pocket, law-abiding, and, and, and really teach them how to manage money. My dad never taught me that. He's a good man, but just, it just wasn't on his radar. What was on his radar was getting food on the table. Amen. Grateful. I want you to trust God. Because I don't want anything from you either. I want something for you. I want you to trust God. With every area of life. Why? Because our money is often the last area we give up because it's the thing we think we have the most control over. And we don't. If you think you have control over money, you just wait. When the economy, your job's gone. You have no control over money. It's not your economy. It's God's economy. But in the end, it ends up money ends up controlling us. So I want you to experience God's faithfulness financially and trusting Him with your money. A roadmap is in the scriptures on how we should live with money, how to manage it. And I want you to be free to go where God wants you to go, to do what God wants you to do, to give what He wants you to give, or what you want to give. This won't happen if you're overextended financially. Because you can't be generous when you're overextended. The wise... In the house of the wise are stores of choice, food, and oil. You ever go to someone's house and you, you, you find nice things? And these people are not financially lost? That's what it's talking about. God's not saying you can't have nice things. God just says don't be financially lost. You can have fine choice of oil and food, but don't do it while you're financially lost. That's not where you're at. You have to fix that. That's part of the problem. I can't tell you how many poor people I see with iPhones. I can't, I, I'm not being funny. I'm being serious. It's, I mean, the poorest of poorest people have an iPhone. I know how much they cost. Because I have one. I know how much that contract is. It's a lot. I'm ready to go over to PCS soon. I'm going, I want 40 bucks. I mean, I, it's, it's astonishing how many nice cars people have and they almost live in a shoebox. 
But they're rolling on a Yukon that takes, you know, five miles a gallon. There's something not right with that picture there. Unless they can afford it, I'm going, hmm, something not right there. But fools gulp theirs down. They just, whatever they get, they just gulp it. There's nothing left. A foolish man devours all he has. So something else I want for you, I want you to be content. And a big part of our discontentment stems from our unquenchable thirst to have stuff. We're going to talk about that this week, where that, where that comes from, why that is. You know, Karen and I can, you know, we, we come from a point on a map where we were, we were lost. We were absolutely lost. But we sought people, some great people, and they gave us a biblical map to follow. Now we're not, we're not out of it, but we're not as lost. We are, we are seeing the horizon of freedom. And it's awesome when you can see it. But I didn't know where to start. I'm like, how do we do it? What do we do? It's panicky. How do we help my kids go to college? I was, we, were, we were panicked. How do we get out of our, out of our situation? Part of my problem is I got, a, I got some good advice from good people, but it was actually ended up being bad advice, but I made the decision, so I have to live with my decisions. We bought a home we couldn't afford. Boom. You do that, it is painful to get out of that. Painful. And we went through that pain. Paying back. I wanted to pay it back. It's not negotiate a deal, but it's pay it back. And we paid it back. But it's painful. All that money could have been put somewhere else. Could have done something else. But it was a painful, painful process. So we speak from a point, position not of, we got it all figured out. We just got help in how, how to figure this out. And there's some great people out there that gives great financial, spiritual advice on money. And you should tap into those people. At the same time, we've experienced material and emotional and spiritual blessings because we found ourselves on the right map. And we planned for things and we have some freedom and now we can make decisions. And that's, that's, that's good. We have a savings. Trying to save money is hard. Because something always breaks when you're saving money. Always does. They said to save a thousand. I did. Our water heater broke and it was thirteen hundred. There you go. Then it ruined the floor. Then our transmission went out. It's thirty five hundred. But I had a thousand. Wasn't enough. All I guess, bam, bam, bam. And here I was going, I'm saving money, I'm on the map, this is awesome. Boom. Got knocked down. I know I know the struggle, but you can save money. I make the government hold mine so I won't spend it. See, that's just my character. I know my character. You give me a little bit of money, I'm a, whew, let's go do something. No, no. I make the government hold it for me because there's laws attached to it. And then they give it to me at the end. And then I had a savings. I'm going, I have a savings account now. But some people hate that. But I need that. Don't give me too much because I'll be, I'll be doing stuff with it. Right? So I have it now. The principles of money apply 
and work at every level. I mean, this is not a wealthy principle. This is for the poor principle. Everyone. Because the plans of the diligent lead to profit. When you organize yourself, when you're diligent, and you're working diligence over time, it leads to something. I'm trying to tell my son Jaden, if you just save 10 bucks a month in a mutual fund, you can retire early. He, it's just like, it's like talking Chinese to him. It's like, there's no, him doing that was never going to happen. He's like, ah, but I'm trying to teach him by this process of here's some money, and then we make him save $10 out of, out of the money we give him. He, gives, he has to give something to God. He does that. And the rest is to kind of figure out how to manage it. And we help him, we give him advice on what he should do. So we, we, we're involved with him. We just don't give him money and just back away. We're involved with him. But we don't judge his, his decisions. Because the temptation is to overjudge. Like, and then you hurt the relationship. We're trying to teach him. He'll figure out over time that it's, that system's not working. It's not working. So it, it, it really helps him. So the diligent lead the prophet as surely as haste leads to poverty. Everyone can kind of understand about the haste. Ever, you ever made, a, ever made a financial decision and regretted it? Yeah. That's called hastiness. Do you have a plan? The opposite of loss is not found. The opposite is realizing where you are and how to get to where you want to be. That means you have to be diligent with a plan. You just can't, you know, shoot from the hip when it comes to your money. You got to know where it's going. You got to know how much you're bringing in. And so for these next several weeks, I want to challenge you to do something you'll never regret. It's the first step to being free. It's the first step back toward knowing where you are so you can get to where you want to be. Track and know where your money is going. Know it. Both people are involved in that process. Sometimes people have two different bank accounts. I don't care how you do it. Just track your money and and just do it one month. Where did it go this month? And you can see where it went. It went to Starbucks. It went to IHOP. It went to Marshall's. It went to Target, Target, Geo's. You throw a Walmart in there for Geo. Here I am. You just track your money and see where it went. That's just your step number one. Spy on it, right? Just watch it. It's just that simple. But if you're if you're lazy and not diligent then poverty will be upon you, and you'll remain there. You know, this is America. You can do almost anything in America. The opportunities that are in America are astounding. You don't have to come from a rich family to be wealthy and secure financially. You can do it. Just got to have a plan to be diligent. So that's my challenge to you, is to spy on your money. My second challenge, if you found this series, or if you're going to find this series helpful, 
I want you to encourage you to bring someone to church with you to get them on the right map. Get them on that map. Okay? I love you guys. This concludes our service, and we'll see you next week. Thanks for your time.